Hello and welcome to Behind the Drive, the podcast for girls and guys who love Formula One. I'm your host, Courtney Ross, and I am here for you every week to bring you fun and educational content while hopefully making some new F1 friends along the way. So if you love all things formula, then I highly recommend you hit the follow button to join the community and get notified every time a new episode comes out. Hello, 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 everybody. I hope you're all having a wonderful week so far. And thank you so much for joining me for another episode. We have hit double digits, 10 episodes deep, guys, and the response has been so lovely. I'm so keen to keep going with this and hopefully grow it even more by getting guests and F1 fans on the show once lockdown here in Sydney has been lifted. So Monza, hey? The Temple of Speed. It's an iconic track. This circuit had its first Grand Prix in 1922, and it was even one of the OG tracks included in the F1 calendar in the 50s. Monza is synonymous with the sport, and 85% of this track is done with full throttle. It's got 11 turns, but it isn't necessarily a complex track, but with the speed required, it does ask a lot of the cars. And fun fact, the fastest F1 lap ever has been set at this track, and I think it might have been Kimi Raikkonen. I could have made up that second stat, but I would not be shocked if it was Kimi. Throwing another stat at you, Max Verstappen has never had a podium here, which he decided to increase that stat after obviously what happened yesterday. But my goodness, what a race. A McLaren 1-2 finish. How good. And that's the first McLaren win in nine years. I am so, so happy for Daniel and Lando. And Bottas, what an amazing job he did. It's It blows my mind what he can achieve when he doesn't have to worry about Lewis or team orders. <laughs> and then obviously the very controversial crash with Lewis and Max. But before we get into that, let's quickly recap the weekend up until that point because there was still quite a bit that happened in the free practice sessions and then we obviously had the second sprint qualifying so there's stuff there to chat about as well. So let's jump into it. So FP1, nothing unusual happened in the session. We got our first glimpse actually of the checkout line that formed around the, the back end of the track with drivers waiting to do their flying laps. But apart from that, everything was pretty normal. Gasly looked good in this session and even the two Aston Martins actually, but we then saw like your standard Hamilton, Verstappen and Bottas set the fastest times. So then we had qualifying, which was to determine the grid for the sprint race. In Q1, we nearly saw a repeat of 2019, where there were like eight cars that missed out on a fast lap because of the queue up at the end of the last couple of corners. And at one point, I counted like 12 cars that were all backed up from corner eight. <laughs> Both Ferraris were looking good actually, and even Lando Norris. He was the first driver to set a time in the 1 minute 21 seconds. We saw Russell get out of Q1 as well uh, with his teammate Latifi, but then Sonoda's time got deleted, so he actually got pushed back up into the top 15, um, which was a good result for him. And then in Q2, we saw that ridiculous Mexican standoff in the pit lane where there were just unsafe releases from a few teams. There was a mechanic that nearly got hit. 
and it was super close between Lewis and Seb, like they nearly had contact. And we actually saw both Aston Martin and Alpine get fined 5,000 euros each for the, the shit fight that it was. And then at the end of Q2 anyway, both Aston Martins and both Alpines were out. Um, Perez only just scraped through as well to Q3. So in Q3, McLaren picked up their game. They were both flying. Lando and Daniel were setting great times, but ultimately it was Bottas, Hamilton, and then Verstappen for the starting grid of the sprint race, followed by Norris, Ricardo, Gasly, which was really good, and then the two Ferraris and Perez. And then surprisingly, Giovinazzi in 10th. He was having such a good weekend. So then on Saturday, we had FP2, and the only thing that really came from that was that Carlos Sainz had a crash, <laughs> and it looked pretty rough. Um, he just hasn't been having the best of luck, if you can call it that, over the last couple of circuits. He had the accident in Zandvoort, and then another one back in Hungary too, which is obviously costing the team a lot of money and the stress, not to mention for the poor mechanics <laughs> who were like slaving away trying to fix his car like before each session. But luckily he was okay and he was still able to enter the sprint race. So what do you guys actually think of the sprint race? Formula One are saying that their audience numbers are up and in Monza actually they had even more coverage than Silverstone. But I don't know, is it something that you would want to see at every event? I think the first five laps or so are interesting, like any race, but then it doesn't do a lot for me, like especially a circuit like Monza where you don't really get to see a great amount of overtaking happening. But anyway, for the one on Saturday, I actually predicted the top five finishers to be Hamilton, Verstappen, Bottas, Norris and Leclerc in that order. So for the sprint, McLaren were actually the only guys at the front of the grid who went for the soft tyre choice, which was only expected to last about 15 laps, but it actually ended up working in their favour. <laughs> um, Merck and Red Bull, they went for the mediums, but as usual, it got a bit messy at the first corner because, you know, you've got 20 cars bottlenecking into a narrow chicane. And unfortunately for Gasly, he bumped his front wing into the back of, I think, Ricardo's tyre, which gave him damage and then ultimately sent him careering off the track and into the barrier. Luckily, he was okay, but I was so disappointed for him. Lewis Hamilton actually didn't have a great start and lost a few places. He essentially got sandwiched between Max and the two McLarens. And who are, oh, we also saw Sonoda and Kibitza have a bit of contact. And George, he was the other one. He didn't really have a great start um, and ended up finishing behind Latifi, which is something I never thought we'd see. We did see, however, some great battles between Alonso and Vettel. And Perez, actually, he was another one who was giving it a really good crack to try and get past Stroll. And Giovinazzi, he was another guy. He started 10th and managed to make up two places. But ultimately, the finishing order was Bottas, Verstappen, Ricardo, Norris, and then Hamilton. So not the best result for Merck. <laughs> Five laps in, I was like, hmm, 
This is looking pretty bad for Mercedes because even though Bottas won the sprint race, he was still going to be starting from the back of the grid for the main race because they had a new power unit in his car. And after Hamilton's bad start, he wasn't able to catch up to Norris. So he was essentially starting fourth um, on the second row with Max taking pole. So this basically brings us up to the main race yesterday. There, firstly, was something wrong with Gasly's car, which they discovered when the pit lane opened and they sort of went out and around to line up on the grid. And it didn't really get a lot of attention. I had to do some research today and there were articles saying that there was something to do with his front suspension, which I can presume is from the crash in the sprint. But then there was also Sonoda. Not sure what was going on with his car, but they basically wheeled it back to the garage with five minutes to lights out and then retired it. Um, he said it was like a technical issue, but it's a bit weird. And I mean, not the best weekend for Alpha Tauri to have both of their drivers out before even the race started, especially with Pierre's win last year. So we saw Daniel have a great start and he was actually ahead of Max, which was a bit surprising to me, <laughs> but there was also a lot of squeezing, pushing and shoving by all the other drivers trying to gain positions. Giovinazzi had a bit of an incident and then unsafely rejoined the track and nearly took out my boy Carlos, which I was like, oh, what are you doing, Giovinazzi? Um, Esteban Ocon, he was another one who was probably being a little bit cheeky and pushed Seb off the track. But the standout for me was Bottas and he absolutely deserved driver of the day. I think obviously Ricardo did too, but Bottas was just charging. Stellar performance from him. He just worked his way up the grid from 19th up to a podium finish. At one point, I think they were saying that he was matching the pace of the guys at the front, which is just brilliant. I'm, I was so glad for him. But I guess that brings us up to the crash with Verstappen and Hamilton and Wow, it was rough. It was actually really, really hard to watch the slow-mos, to be honest, because it was just so scary seeing Max's car and his wheel in particular just basically touching the top of Lewis's helmet. So thank God for the halo. It just proves how crucial it is. But I think this accident is going to go down as an iconic crash like the Senna and Prost one in Suzuka. This was actually Lewis's first retirement in 63 races, which what a streak to have. <laughs> but I guess firstly I should say I am so, so glad Lewis is okay. But I don't really know how to feel about it. There's like three points that keep running through my head. I think firstly, Max should have checked on Lewis before walking off. I know there's a rivalry there, but you just landed your car on his head. <laughs> Maybe see if he's still breathing before you walk away. Secondly, Max was already in a foul mood and he was very clearly frustrated and tense from, I guess, losing the start of the race to Daniel and then having that painfully long pit stop. And then thirdly, Max was definitely pushing hard and look, that's a narrow corner. He was always going to go over those sausages. Lewis squeezed him a little bit, but I get the feeling that Max might have thought Lewis would just get out of the way, but I, I think this crash was absolutely inevitable. Is it a repeat of the iconic crash with Prost and Senna at Suzuka? I don't know. I think 
It's very similar in the sense that Max had nothing to lose and everything to gain by going for the so-called gap that he saw in the corner. But the thing I'm struggling with the most is the penalty. If we look back at Silverstone, where the situation was very similar, Lewis got a 10 second time penalty and still won the race. Max gets a three place grid penalty, two points on his license, and he beached his car in the process. Like where is the logic or consistency with penalties? I don't know, maybe someone can shed some light on it for me, but essentially, with them out, it left Ricardo leading, Leclerc second, and Norris third. But once the safety car returned to the pits, Norris was on a mission. He just charged ahead and overtook Leclerc quite bravely, to be honest. And another one was Bottas. He just kept charging up the pack and he was sitting in fourth. But then Perez was actually served a five-second penalty by the stewards. So Bottas basically jumped up into third as a result. So yeah, we saw the checkered flag come out and Daniel Ricciardo took his first win since Monaco in 2018, which is so good. And like I said, good for McLaren to get a 1-2 finish with Lando, which is just fantastic for the team. There were shoeys all around and I'm sure the team celebrated for what turned out to be a great weekend for them. But what do you guys think of it? Did Monza live up to its reputation? I think it did. I found it really good to watch and it actually went really quickly for me. Like I blinked and we were up to lap 30. <laughs> and then after the restart, the remaining 15 or so laps again went super, super quick. But yeah, I hope you guys found some value in hearing me debrief and ramble on about the race for the last 15 minutes. Uh, if you're interested in following me and chatting about anything F1, you can get me on the Behind the Drive Instagram page. I'd also love it if you followed and reviewed the show wherever you're listening, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or some of the other platforms that I see my listeners are using. But that's everything for today, guys. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and we'll chat in the next episode. Bye.